0: I doubt
1: the future, I doubt the future,
0: from the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell, I doubt
1: the future. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have the Western Conference side of things already sorted out in the NBA playoffs, and we await a pivotal Game 5 coming up later on tonight. What is the Vegas lead here on this
2: Thursday? Certainly the Suns. And to me, what is the key story is... Chris Paul and the celebration, but the job's not done yet.
1: Yeah, it was Chris Paul a monster performance last night in his old stomping grounds in L.A. at Staples Center against the Clippers as the Phoenix Suns get a 130-103 to route of L.A. Phoenix moves on to the NBA Finals
2: to represent the Western Conference. Okay, so let's think. Stockton and Malone, these were two players that had a storied career, Had not won a title late in their career. They play the Bulls two straight years and lose both of them. Malone went on to be with the Lakers when they got swept. I think it was against the Pistons. Never got a title. Barkley, another guy that is famous for not having another great who's famous for not having a title. Barkley made it against Jordan with with the Suns. Lost and here we are, Jonas. It strikes me that I've never heard someone say, "Yeah, that guy never won a title, but he got to one title game, title series, and thus, you know, he's he's in the club." Yeah. And my point would be, if Chris Paul doesn't win this next round. All of this is pretty meaningless to his legacy. What do you
1: think? Yeah, I mean, same thing, you know, with uh, Gary Payton. I mean, he was uh, before he ended up winning a title with the Miami Heat, that was way later in his career. But Gary Payton was always considered, you know, if not the best, one of the best point guards in the NBA. Uh, And he got Seattle to the finals with George Carl and and those teams against Michael Jordan. But there was always that look at him that, well, you know, he's not an NBA champion. It wasn't until way later that he ended up grabbing one uh, late in his career.
2: In fact, I would make the case amongst those who are famous for not winning it. I don't know, I can't think of any offhand who didn't at least make a title game or a title series. By the way, that 2004 Lakers loss, it was in five. Some would call it a gentleman's sweep, but no, let's just say five. <laughs> but let, let, let me ask you, John, I mean, think about it. Elway, before his you know, last two seasons, was, I think he had been in three. Super Bowl was losing. Obviously, yeah. uh, Jim Kelly and the Bills, they were famous for being a... Who's the great player that has, didn't even make a title game? So, in a way, Chris Paul is going from a very small group of postseason failure to a bigger group. But if he doesn't win, he's still in the, the non-champions group. And I guess I'm just confused with all the sense of a coronation. Where And I really liked his energy after the game, where he was talking to the Clipper fans, talking about, instead of avoiding that conversation, he was being pretty candid about you know the struggles they had in L.A. where they couldn't get all the way, but he loved the fans, he loved the city. I mean, to me, that was class act all the way for Chris Paul. But once again, that feels like a conversation after you win a title, not after you get to a title series. Closing thoughts on that one.
1: Yeah, there was there was a lot of celebration, and I don't know if that was sort of a, a passive-aggressive way of him taking a shot at the Clippers. Um, he was not... Oh, you, you thought? It felt very genuine to me. Yeah, he, he was not uh, well-liked by a lot of people in L.A. I, I, I know that from talking to some people that,
2: uh, you know, just... But isn't really he famous for him. not being well-liked in general, and, and the rationale being he's very demanding, and that to some degree... You know, it's a trade-off with him that he's going to be the kind of guy that can come in to Phoenix, take a team that hadn't made the playoffs, I think, for seven years, and get them to a title round. That's the kind of guy that breaks a few eggs, to quote Nicholson, when he makes an omelet. Yeah, or do you go beyond that?
1: I mean, I had just heard that there's a little bit of a uh, you know, teacher's pet type feel you know, like one of those, that's that's how teammates had, had looked at him. But yeah, he was fantastic last night. And it does feel, though, like this is already being grooved to where we're starting to talk about this is the playoff run of Chris Paul. And that's sort of the storyline that we're going to go with. You know, can Chris Paul finally do it and finally get it done? But I'm with you. If, you know, he ends up in the NBA Finals against a less than 100 percent Atlanta Hawks team or Milwaukee Bucks team and he loses. I, I You know, I think that's got to be part of the conversation about his short. You know, maybe the lead part of the conversation based on all the injury
2: luck they've had on the run so far. Or maybe, maybe it's that Chris Paul had a certain approach early in his career. It had a lot of redeeming qualities to it, but it was imperfect and it maybe was a hindrance to success, net, net. But then later in his career, he evolved. I don't know. It's it just, to me, once someone gets a rep, and especially, listen, I don't feel bad for athletes very often, but one area where I think it's fair to feel bad for them is if they somehow grow up at 30, It sometimes it's too late. For most people, you grow up at 30, it's like, yeah, see that dude with the two kids and the good father. Yeah, he had, some, he had a wild 20s. No one ever indicts that person. For that, but if you're a Des Bryant, and I mean we can go up and down the list, you have some peccadilloes, you have some you know human imperfections that probably are accentuated by being privileged in a way of you know being a great athlete and and, and being um, accommodated, I think it's fair to say great athletes even at a young age are accommodated, and thus, if you're not, I've often said the hardest thing there is to do is to be honest about your own failings and improve them. The, the, the impossible thing to do is to improve things when you're not required to. If it's just a choice, humans are going to choose the easier route most, almost always. But an athlete that's forced to choose, sometimes they grow up. Oftentimes that's in their early 30s, and oftentimes that's too late. I mean, do you get, I mean, again, being in LA and when Chris Paul was there, also, do you get any sense that some of the things that people were rightfully critical of with Chris Paul have evolved on his part as he's gotten Um, older?
1: No, I I haven't gotten that <laughs> sense. Yeah,
2: I. I so just, what, what I, is, is the teacher's is. pat? Who was the teacher if Chris Paul was the teacher's pat?
1: Um, it was that was just one of the things that I had heard when he was out here that he that he you know came across as you know trying to report back to the coach at all times. Not really the greatest teammate in the world. Um, you know, it's one thing to be you know hard on your teammates, but he took it a step further. Um, and you know, a lot of the guys from back in the day just didn't get along with him. Um, whether it, you know be DeAndre Jordan or whether it was blake griffin like those guys just didn't really get along with him i think that's why you see pat beverly act the way he acted i think that's why you see rondo getting a fist fight
2: with him on the floor um
1: they're, they're just, rondo
2: they're... rondo played
1: no it was a couple of years ago <laughs> oh yeah, okay like, okay
2: yeah i was thinking was he on the floor i didn't see that no no <laughs> coach's decision be sure to catch live editions of straight out of vegas weekdays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let me ask you a question, though. There's a saying, and I'll paraphrase it because I don't have the exact wording, but like, you can tell more about a man from his enemies, that a certain type of person is going to rub a certain other type of person the wrong way. And... I know there are the types that go through life and they don't rub anyone the wrong way and they're pretty milk toast and okay fine, but for the, if you're gonna take a position, right? Colin takes a position on takes and he's taking a, he's not too lukewarm often, right? He takes a strong position when he feels something, and you know what? Why do, the, why do professionals like that do that? And Colin's one of the great professionals when it comes to talk radio. Why does he do that? Because he wants you either to agree with him, hell yeah, or you're crazy. As we like to say in our segment, you're crazy Colin. Either way, Colin wins. Either way, Stephen A. Smith wins because people are emotionally engaged. It feels like a guy like Chris Paul that takes a, a staunch stance is often going to have critics just as much as he's going to have acolytes, people that love him. If we go down the list of DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, uh, you know, even well Rondo, let's throw that to the side because Rondo's a high-level basketball guy intellectually. Who knows what that was about? But with his teammates, it strikes me that those are players that, as the years have passed, Chris Paul looks a lot better than them in regards to the kind of how his habits and his Worldview allowed him to proceed in his career versus the other two. I don't think I'd want to be on DeAndre Jordan's side against Chris Paul in an argument. Does that doesn't it seem like maybe we're damning him because he's got critics? But looking at the critics, I'm not sure that it's that damning.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I, look, I don't know the guy, I'm just saying what I had heard from when he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's now why now I'm learning. having I mean,
2: the conversation. I mean, yeah, and again, I mean, being in the city gives you insight yeah no
1: and and I just think that he's he came across to certain people as being a little bit over the top when it was hard on his teammates and players just didn't respond well to that and whether that's you know an indictment on them being too sensitive or an indictment on him being you know too negative or too aggressive with them it just didn't it didn't go over real well which is why there was a feeling last night of while people were celebrating Chris Paul and sort of damning Pat Beverly for the way that he acted you just wondered what was done during the course of the game uh, from Chris Paul
2: when it came to his actions, his comments that he made towards those players. That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Chris Paul certainly had a heck of a game. And we remember, we liked the Clippers in the second half as a pizza bat. Well, no pizza tonight on that money. 41 <laughs> points from Paul. 41. And 67% from the field eighty eight percent from three. eighty eight percent from three. Whoo. Now, what's fascinating is how much of a favorite right now of any one team the Suns are, because you've got a toss up type series with the Hawks and the Bucks. Thus, even if one of them would be favored over Phoenix, Atlanta certainly would not be favored over Phoenix. The Bucks, if Giannis was back, looks like they would be. But right now, the Suns are the favor to win the NBA title. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas
0: weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
2: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LaVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: So, RJ, the Phoenix Suns are on to the NBA Finals after a 130-103 to win over the L.A. Clippers at Staples Center last night. Phoenix takes that series in six games.
2: Okay, Phoenix Suns entered the playoffs, entered the playoffs as the seventh favorite to win it out of 16 teams. So the second-best record in the NBA, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they had it over Philly, but they had the second-best in the West for sure, the Suns. And they were seventh, seventh coming in at 18 to one. Now, when they were down to the Lakers, down two to one, they were 50 to one. 50 to one on the Suns went down to the Lakers. And then they actually hit even money after game one of the Atlanta. Once Atlanta beat Milwaukee, at that moment, Phoenix became even money. And now they're minus 200. 200. So, no matter now, here's the thing you got to keep in mind. That's assuming there's some chance of Atlanta playing them and they'd be a certain uh, favorite over Atlanta. And then there's a chance of Milwaukee playing them and they'd be a certain favorite over Milwaukee if Giannis was out. If Giannis played, it'd be another scenario. So, really, there's three possibilities here Suns play the Hawks. Suns play Milwaukee without Giannis. Suns play Milwaukee with Giannis. Now what we know for sure is the Hawks without or with Trey Young and without Giannis on the Bucks, they're considered to be about even teams. So if you actually look at the series odds right now between Atlanta and Milwaukee, it's Milwaukee minus three. Or check that, minus 136. So $136 wins you 100 So there's slight favorites. Now, what does that mean? It means one walkie has both home games, five and seven, where there's only one for Atlanta. So if you think about what home court means, in seven games, it's four out of seven. So it's one additional home game out of seven. Now, if it's two to one with three games remaining, it's one additional home game out of three. So, in theory, that's more than double the value. Thus, the line, if these were even teams, would be Milwaukee 180, I'd say, maybe a little higher because of that home court advantage. So, the fact that Milwaukee is minus 136 over the Hawks in the series says unequivocally they believe Atlanta's the better team, and the only way that could be is if they feel like there's little to no chance of Giannis coming back for this series. Now, if we just look at the price in this game, Bucks are minus 3 in the game tonight, Giannis out, Trey Young, there's uncertainty. Now, latest report, McKenzie is Trey Young playing seems almost certain,
0: right? Yeah, a local beat writer in Atlanta said I talked to a player, he talked to him at shooting shoot around, he's very hopeful, very optimistic for playing tonight.
2: All right, so let's assume that's very likely. What that tells us is that, yes, he'll play Trey Young. Giannis won't. That's been declared tonight. The lines three, which is pretty much what a home team should be favored now, considering that a lot of fans are back, not all the way back, but okay with home court. So that tells you that Trey Young's uncertainty is built into this number. And if Trey Young were 100% healthy, I think the line would be four, four and a half tonight. So, what we can say for sure between the Bucks and the uh Hawks is with a healthy Trey Young, without Giannis, the Hawks are considered to be slightly better. But if Trey Young is banged up like he is, they're even. And obviously, if Giannis was back, the Bucks are better. It's a fascinating consideration here. So, Jonas, let me just as a fan, if I say the Bucks are better than the Hawks if everyone's healthy. I think we all agree with that. Yeah, 100%. If Trey Young is uncertain of his health, Giannis is out, who's the better team to you? Oh man. Um, I would lean towards Milwaukee. All Just, right. So it, you're the market and you are in agreement here. And last question, if Trey Young were 100% healthy, Giannis out, Do you think Atlanta is clearly the best? They're not by a huge mark, clearly the best team. Yeah, 100%. 100%, Atlanta, yeah. All right. So, now the question is, let's assume Atlanta uh, progresses, advances, and the Trey Young injury, in theory, after two to three more games, would be better, if not 100%, with the ankle. Now, it would be the Hawks versus Phoenix. Now, the line would be well over minus 200 in that case. Does that feel right to you, that Phoenix would be, with home court advantage, the clear favorite over the Hawks?
1: And, and this is including
2: the injury status to Trey Young. Uh, let's it assume, little... it, if we're three-plus games out into the series, that he's healthy. Yeah, that seems right. Okay. Seems right. And then, to me, McKenzie, it seems like what they're saying is, if Giannis is out, well, we know Atlanta's a little bit better If Giannis is out, thus, against Phoenix with Giannis out, Phoenix would be a minus 200, but bigger, bigger, 250, 270. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at, too, yeah. And the theory is, if he's not out or Giannis is healthy or back, that this one is starting to move towards... Just a home court advantage. It would be maybe, maybe minus 130 or 40 for Phoenix if not. Because what we know is before Giannis's injury, right. when it was a sure thing, it seemed that Milwaukee was going to advance and face Phoenix, even though Phoenix had the home court advantage and still does, Milwaukee here in Vegas at the Westgate was minus 150. Now think about that. Home court, let's call it 130, 140. That means it was like 80, 90 cents of adjustment say Milwaukee is that much better than Phoenix. The reason I don't think it could get back there now is you're never going to have no uncertainty about Giannis's health. Thus, I think maybe it gets even money if he looks great, let's say in Game 7 if he somehow plays. Otherwise, I think Phoenix is going to be favored regardless. It's just either a small favorite if Giannis comes back and a big, big favorite if it's against Atlanta or if Giannis
0: doesn't come back even though Milwaukee advances. Agree, disagree? Hundred percent agreement. The Atlanta and Milwaukee are considered about the same right now, and we and the Suns are gonna be minus big money minus favorites versus either, if Giannis doesn't come back and significantly improve the Bucks. I agree with that. And
2: it is fascinating to think of all these scenarios, and the odds makers, what do they do? They price uncertainty. And if they have a choice, they just won't put a number up and let the uncertainty solve itself. But in this case, they don't really have a choice to keep business going. Thus, it shows you how, when they're ambitious, the bookies can take some shots. And here, it's a lot of things built in. But the thing I think, Jonas, that people aren't talking as much about, and maybe you can tell me what you're hearing from the scuttlebutt, is the odds are telling us here – that Giannis coming back for this series is, is almost zero based on the numbers. Is that what you're hearing? Your ear to the ground?
1: Yeah, that's what I, I've heard. And obviously, he's not going to be playing in this game. And there's only two games left in the series. So the idea that, you know, he would come back from this, even though there's no structural damage, that he would come back from this, you know, within the next few days and, fi- and finish out the series somehow, I think is a long shot. I, I think, you know, m- maybe in a way, best case scenario for Milwaukee, if you want Giannis back is for this game to go seven games he doesn't return they can somehow pull this off without him and that buys him a little bit more time before the finals start against Phoenix
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search FSR to listen live According to several
1: reports online, Trey Young has also been listed as out for the Atlanta Hawks as they head into their game five matchup in Milwaukee against the Bucks, which right now on pregame dot com sees Milwaukee a two and a half point favorite.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the line move in the next few minutes. We'll give you the blow by blow, but this is in live radio. You got to love it. This is a chance to do an impromptu bet because I think a bet that I was kind of into, I've gotten very much into.
1: Come on, baby! eighty thousand dollars!
2: <laughs> but we got to give credit where credit's due. Mackenzie was the underlying thesis, as they would say, behind this bet. So here's the rationale. Giannis obviously out. Now, Young is out. Now, we'll explain to you why Young being out affects this bet. It improves this bet. But before we do that, let's talk about the bet itself and the rationale. We're looking to go holiday under points. Under points. Now, the current number, McKenzie? half points. Okay. Now, if you look at just his points he's been scoring... I mean, I'm going back in reverse chronological order. 19, 6, 22, 33. OK, so pretty good there. 13, 21, 19, 14, 9, 13, 17, 11, 19, 11, 20. I mean, I'm just doing some math here. It doesn't seem like he's going over this number very much. Now, you might say, hey, Giannis... He's out. Holiday's gonna step up and fill in the void. Like if I'm out, you hear a lot more from Jonas, right? Yeah, blah, blah. Okay, but that's what happened. That's what you're supposed to do. When Jonas is out, it's like blah, blah, RJ. Okay.
0: McKenzie, though, had a really insightful thought about Holiday in these spots. McKenzie. So if you look at the season, seven games without Giannis, Holiday only scoring 21 points per game. More specifically, if you look at the second half last game, all the minutes he holiday played without all the minutes holiday played without Giannis, excuse me he only really averaged about a half a shot more than we would expect you transpose that over a game it shouldn't be four points higher than last game it should be like a point or a half a point higher than his usual prop they bumped it up four points i think it's too much
2: now that is the key point is the bump up makes sense in the abstract holiday will get more shots he has more of a demand on him with Giannis out, but the number last game when Giannis was healthy was four. Now
0: again, Holiday's over under twenty-three and a half. Currently, it was nineteen and a half last game.
2: Okay, so now we're saying four points uptick. That doesn't seem crazy, except one. His scoring isn't all that impressive over seven games without Giannis. So, and how many points did Holiday average during the regular season?
0: Uh, one second, I'll grab that. I know he averaged only sixteen and a half during the playoffs. Okay, so the, what we're seeing here is
2: that it's really something where Holiday doesn't tend to step up. Jonas, we're gonna make. Let's make this bet official right now. Then we will get the rest of the handicap because this line could be moving. Because there is one other reason we like this. Now with Young out, what happens? Young is a horrible defender. So what we know for sure is a better defender. Whoever it is gets Young's time for the Hawks. Is going to be on the floor, and thus that makes it harder for a Holiday to start with. So this young thing actually helps it. Plus, Atlanta or more, Atlanta is going to be inclined to slow the game down slow the game down, and if so, there's going to be less scoring for everybody. Jonas, what's your general thought on the rationale behind this?
1: No, it makes a lot of sense, especially the better defensive player as the replacement for Trey Young, which would make things a little bit more difficult. Um, I also think it's worth pointing out here, we've been doing straight out of Vegas going on three years now. We've seen lines that have moved live on the air. We've never seen a line move like this live on the air. When we opened up the segment, it was two and a half. Milwaukee favored by two and a half uh, in less than a minute it shot up to four. So now we're at Milwaukee minus four. So a lot of people are jumping on this right now.
2: I got to be honest with you. This feels short to me. I I like Milwaukee here. And here's why. If we say Young and Giannis are even, and that seems to be giving Young a lot of... Uh, value, then think about that a second, is when they both were playing and it was at Milwaukee, the line was like eight or nine, so or eight, let's call it. So now that they're both out, it's supposed to be four points better. So you know something, impromptu best bet for me, <laughs> we're going to go with a full best bet on Milwaukee at the current number, minus four. We're not trying to beat any move, though you should move because they could keep betting it if you like it. I like the Bucks. And by the way, last point on that handicap, and this is going to to be let's give uh mckenzie credit for this pick it's going to be under holiday go ahead uh what, what was holiday during the regular season his average he only averaged 18 points per game in the regular season and when Giannis was out how many points 21 okay so he went up like three yeah i gotta tell you something i think and and jones you said oh you like the idea of the better defender i agree but what's atlanta going to try to do here they got to try to slow the game down the total open 220 and a half. It's down to 212 eight points down. So to wrap up, we've got an official best bet for me on Milwaukee minus four because the line should be higher, I think. Official best bet under holiday points at the number 23 and a half. Two best bets, Jonas, in one segment.